chapter 1, verse 7. Only be strong. And this is about God speaking to Joshua to encourage him after the death of Moses. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success. Somebody say good success. Good success. Wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. That you may be careful. Somebody say be careful. Yeah. To do according to all that is written in him. For then you shall make your way prosperous. And then you shall have good success. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God. God. Help me. God, take over right now. Fill your servant with the Holy Spirit that he may preach. Fill your people that we all may hear. And let none leave like they came in. This is our prayer in the mighty of Master's name. Lord Jesus, we pray God's people say, Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, thank God you're here, neighbor. Thank God you're here, neighbor. Oh, neighbor, you're important to God. You're important to God. And you're important to me. You're important to me. Tell the neighbor, there is a word from the Lord. There is a word from the Lord. And the word of the Lord this morning. And the word of the Lord this morning. Word of the Lord this morning. And the word of the Lord this morning is the foundation. Is the foundation of success. Of success. Amen. Shake that hand. Amen. Turn the other side. Say, thank God you're here. Thank God you're here. Tell me you look better than you ever looked before. You look better than you ever before. But you're alive. Tell the neighbor. There is a word from the Lord. Word of the Lord this morning. The foundation, the foundation of success. success. Shake the hand like that, you'll find When I say the title was The Foundation of Success. I want all of our members to be successful in life. Amen. I want you to be happy and prosperous and blessed because I thank God, by the grace of God, I can say I'm happy and prosperous and blessed. Yeah. So I want the same thing for you. I had the uh, privilege of knowing Bishop Carlos Lee Moody. And as you all know, uh, uh, I returned uh, to uh, last Saturday from attending his funeral. But I want to say that he lived his life as a successful Christian. And he died as a man who God had given good success. Not only good success, great success. Uh, when the Church of God in Christ started, they had eight churches around the world. When they finished, they had 57. Uh, when they started, uh, Bishop Moody himself uh, built three churches. Amen. He built one church and turned it over to somebody else. They only built a church that I went to. It was very similar to this in its architecture. And then he tore it down. He built another church. He built a school. He built a gigantic gym. He preached all around the world. And over 70 countries around the world. And all of the people who profited from his ministry uh, are too many to name. He was successful in every way. Uh, his grandchildren stood up to uh, give us a lecture at his one of the two homeborn services. He was such a great man, he couldn't have just one funeral. Amen. 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 And at his funeral service, his grandchildren stood up to sing. And it was about 15 of them. Amen. And 
they sang so beautifully. His son sang. His son has taken over his church. Pastor Carlos Moody Jr. We will see him at some time this year. And uh, uh, even as we were leaving the cemetery, it was very sad. But everybody had to give God the glory. You that sit here, his ministry has touched you. If you've ever heard me do or say anything good, he had his hand on it. Amen. Without him, I wouldn't have been able to come here and stay here. Because I wouldn't have been strong enough. Are y'all listening to me? Yes. The man was successful in every way. So I want to lift up uh, some duties uh, at the direction of the Lord. I want to lift up the foundations of success. And this is how you get good success. You live your life by duty. Amen. What did I just say? You live your life by duty. Now, I understand that is a very different message than what the world tells you. The world tells you, do you. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. You get successful by paying attention to duty. The world tells you, it's, it's your thing, Wilson. Do what you want to do. Nope. You get success by living your life by duty. And uh, I want to tell everybody, this really is the lesson of the last session of new members class. To become a member here, you have to go through four classes so that you know what you're doing. This is the last class, and the Lord said to me, some of the people that were already here when you got here have never had the last class. And so they don't know that you expect them to live by duty because I told you to. And so here we are today. I want to share this. And I want to share this with all of our young adults trying to establish themselves, trying to get a better job, trying to find a mate in life, trying to figure out which way to go. The way to do all of that is to be a person who fulfills your duty. When you fulfill your duty, no matter where you come from, and no matter what has happened, God gives you success. Yeah. Come on now. That's right. Help me, Holy Ghost. Help us. I was somewhere with Bishop Woody once. He said, sir, he said, oh, I just got a new car. And uh, I, I'm going to drive it. And you drive my wife's little car. And uh, I said, where's, where's, where's Bishop? He said, that Mercedes right there. And he went and got his Lexus. <laughs> now, if you're interested, if you like nice things, you're interested in living in nice things, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Amen. But before that, and I'm going to be talking about Bishop Moody for a while because I'm still in mourning. Somebody said mourning. Before that, I went with Bishop Moody to a church and he had the old Lincoln. How many of y'all remember the old Lincoln with the big wheel in the back? And so we were a little late because we were coming from Evanston and we came to the south side. We were over Bishop Goldberg's church. And uh, so we got out and we were walking. And it was a rough neighborhood. And his car was light blue. That long. So I just said, I said, Bishop, he went to Bishop. He was an elder there. Because God elevated him to be a bishop. I said, Elder, are you worried about your car? It's here. And you leave it on the street. He said, Son, it's a piece of metal. Amen. He walked in, he walked in, and tore the church up. He was a great man who had great success from the Lord. So I want to run with these. Uh, I want to run with these principles that 
God expects every Christian to live by. In the new members class, I say, we expect every member to be doing this thing. But I want to tell you today, God expects every Christian to live by these five things. Can I go ahead? Yes. Number one, the first two. Everybody read out to me. Build, build a strong, a strong spiritual, life. spiritual life. Amen. We took a survey. And I've done this over the years. And if you sat in the classroom, you've heard me do this. And we found out that during the average week, people estimate that a person sleeps at least 49 hours. During the average week, a person eats 28 hours. Some people eat 40 hours. During the week, the average person works at least 40 hours, maybe 20 hours if they're part-time. People children go to school 35 hours a week. People watch TV 47 hours a week. Some 50, because they leave the TV on when they go to bed. And they don't, even, they, they don't just watch TV, they let TV watch them. <laughs> but when it came down to how much time people gave to God, people had to confess that very rarely did people give more than eight hours a week. And, truth be told, most of the time we don't give God eight hours. Even if you came to church two hours on Sunday, Stay, came to Bible study for an hour, hour and a half, let's say, uh, let's say two hours. That's four hours. The average Christian does not pray an hour a day. And the average Christian does not read the Bible. So how can we expect God to give us what he gave people in the Bible when we cannot watch with him for one hour? Jesus asked the disciples, what? Y'all can't pray with me for one hour? And for many of us, we don't give God one hour a day. Yet, let us get in trouble. We want God to stop the moon, stop the sun, stop the sea, stop the whale in the ocean, and come and help me. <laughs> Time to turn that around. Jude 1 and 20 says, build yourself up on your most holy faith. And we stress in new members class, it is your responsibility to build your spiritual life, not mine. This is true because I only see you at most three or four hours a week. At most, most of the members I don't even see four hours a week. That's those that come a lot. I cannot be responsible for building your spiritual life. That's your job. So the Bible says build yourself up in Jude 1 and 20 on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. It says keep yourself in the love of God. You got to keep loving God. Because I'm not in your house. I ain't in your kitchen. Aren't you glad? I sure am. Amen. I'm glad you ain't in my house. Amen. So you in your own house, you've got to take on your own responsibility. And if you're weak, who's responsible? You are. You are. If you're strong, who's responsible? You are. Touch your neighbor and say, make a choice. I want you to know how you're going to sleep 49 hours and give God just eight and expect God to be great in your life. How you going to watch TV, know every show, know every story, love every character. You don't love the God of the Bible because you don't spend any time in the book. And so we teach everybody, build a strong spiritual life. Your, your, your faith is like a muscle. When you exercise the muscle, it grows. But if you don't exercise the muscle, 
even a person that lays in the bed gets what? Bed sores. That's right. First you get weak, then you get bed sores. Because your body wasn't meant to be inactive. Likewise, your spirit. Don't let your spirit become weak. Don't get spiritual bed sores. Because you don't build up your faith. Every time the Bible says, we, we, we have a Bible study on Wednesday night. And it says in uh, 1 Thessalonians, I believe the second chapter, that the word of God is at work in those who believe. But if the word is not in you, it cannot go to work. Amen? Not only so, but in Ephesians, there's a command to be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk from wine, because that's the gospel, but be filled with the Spirit. And then it says, speak among yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. If you want to stop cussing, pray more and sing to yourself. Because it's hard to sing amazing grace and then start cussing. Uh, I don't know who that's for. Amen. Uh, Touch your neighbor and say, you're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Touch somebody else and say, you're commanded to worship with the saints. You got to build your own spiritual life. That's your job. Not only do you build it individually, let me just say this. Listen, we can have the greatest church in the world, but if you don't read the Bible when you go home, something will be missing. We can shout, we can fly through here, but if God is not in your house, if your remote control gets more love, then your prayer life, you can't be strong. And a lot of us want to wait till we get in trouble and then we're weak, then we want to get deep and break out. <laughs> we sent Deacon Brickhouse on a mission. One of our sisters passed away. We sent her on a mission. <laughs> so you look for Deacon Brickhouse, he might be in Hawaii on a mission. <laughs> might be a wine man with one of them things on his head. She's up there saying, Praise the Lord. Deacon Brickhouse can't be the source of your spiritual strength. Neither can I. You can't see me three weeks and think, Well, get you get trouble, child. I'm going to get ready to tell you. Uh, 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 uh. No, you're not. You can always got up on Saturday. That's a tell of me with you 24 7. I got up right behind and said, No, I'm going up. That's Jesus. That ain't me. I got to go home and go to bed. I got to eat. I got to go to the movies. I got to, I'm looking for a wife. I got to look. Somebody don't wake up till I said that.
into the, the household of faith. It said, let us come before the throne. It said, we should not forsake assembling ourselves together. The world tells you it's about you. Christ tells you you're a member of the body of Christ. The world tells you do your thing. God tells you I put people around you who are supposed to bless you. Some people cannot be blessed because they won't receive the people around them who are supposed to bless them. I was telling Reverend Hart, he was here trying to pull out his money. I said, you a visitor, brother. Don't pull your money out. He did it again. I said, what's wrong with you? You can't receive? Because a lot of us can't receive. And we holler, give me this, Lord. Bless me this. Lord, be trying to give you. You're like, no, 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 no. Then you go holler, give me this, Lord. Give me this, Lord. I said, you pray. Lord, the Lord won't say that. But I say that. You pray. Can I go ahead and talk? Touch your neighbor and say, learn how to receive from other people God put in your life. Say the whole thing. Turn it other side and learn how to receive from people God put in your life. Don't you know when you come in church on Sunday, God ain't just going to work on you as an individual. God works on you through the choir. That's why I want the choir to be holy and ready. So the power of God can come through them. God works on you through whoever prays. God can work on you through the deacon. And when I get up here, God's supposed to work on you through the word of God. Reject the people, you can't get what God is doing for you. Look at your neighbor and say, Are you carrying my blessing? If you are, give it to me. Look at somebody else and tell them, I got your blessing. I want to give it to you because I need you in God. Now put your hand together. 1 Corinthians 12 said, We in a body. And if one part of the body hurts, everybody hurts. Yes. Right? If one part hurts, everybody hurts. And so the world tells you, look, worry about yourself. Mm -hmm. But God tells you, if somebody around you is hurting, deal with them. I found out something in the life of faith I want to tell you. Whenever you go to help somebody, whenever you have finished, and you turn around and go home, you cannot go home without finding out God has already helped you. Whenever you give to somebody, hallelujah, and you give and you don't have anything, and you say, well, Lord, I don't have anything, God, turn around, hallelujah, and make sure somebody gives to you. You want to get blessed through God's business, and God will make sure you're always blessed, and God's business starts in the church. Can I go ahead and preach? Can't stop me now. By, by, by then of everything that happened, hallelujah. Uh, uh, I looked at my wallet yesterday, I was with Reverend Hart, and I didn't have uh, any money. Hallelujah. But before the day was over, somebody put $40 in my hand. Now, I'm not saying this for you to bring me no money. And I said, that's not the point. The point is, I didn't ask anybody to give me some money. Somebody walked up to me and said, here. I said, hallelujah. Because I don't play. For my blessing come, I receive it. I ain't trying to act like I'm a no, I don't need it. No, 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 give me that. Because I'm broke. I need that money. Tell somebody say, you ought to stop lying and get real. Tell somebody that say, are you a Holy Ghost liar trying to pretend like you all right when you really not? Hurt you. Yeah. Only 8,999.99 hurt you. Yeah. Deal with the other billions and see how they 
hate you. A lot of people will hurt you. Get away from them. Find somebody that's going to help you. Find somebody that people don't like you. Leave them alone. Find somebody that says, hey, you all right. People put you down. Tell them, go ahead. Find somebody that God ordained to bless you. Because when God wants you to be blessed, can't nobody stop it but you. Hallelujah. We in the body, we link to each other. We're not just church members, we got to link to each other. You see your church member in the grocery store, don't be acting like you don't see them. You always speak to them. You, you went to a strip club and you come out and you see your church member, don't be ashamed. If God seen you in the strip club. work in 
You're not going to do what God wants you to do without the Word. You don't, can't get everything on Sunday. Can't get everything on two days. What would happen if you, you ate Sunday and didn't eat till Wednesday night? Wow. You'd be weak. You'd be messed up. But what does your spirit look like? You know how when you fast, you know that point where you're just weak? Yeah. And you'd be starting then, come on now. How many of us fast and pray and then look at the clock and say, count out? Me too. Me too. Well, what does your spirit look like? When you're not feeding your spirit. We tell everybody, get a notebook like this. This is a double-minded notebook. These things will last 20, 30 years. And read the Bible and write down things that God says to you. You'd be surprised what God said to you three years ago. You would be surprised. When I go back and look at my Bible journals of what God told me and what God did, I'm astounded how God was at work in me. And when I go back and see where the Lord has brought me from, it's an encouragement. Amen. And I want to encourage everybody to do that so you can build yourself up. Touch your neighbor and say, build yourself up. <laughs> Number two, I think I want everybody to pray for the church. Uh, I want everybody to tell the truth. How many people pray for the church this morning? A lot of times we get up and don't pray for the church. And on our list of seven things to pray for when you wake up, uh, I gave this out. And I, I, I don't know the last time I gave it out in church. I gave it out at the <coughs> retreat. But there's seven things. It's on the table in the back when the service is over. The third thing, it says, a prayer for my church and for the church. So pray for this church because we need prayer. Do you think all these buildings going up around here and the church is not going to be affected? Come on now. Do you think just because something has been, it's going to be in the next 10 years? I was taking Pastor Hart on a little tour, and he <laughs> he wanted to see the night he came in. He get it at 12 o'clock, but he was, in, he was in the nighttime. I'm a night man. And uh, found all night eating spot, he wanted to see the world trade. So I had been down there in years. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even figure out how to get, get close to it, because they got all the street changes. And uh, finally, we had to park somewhere and walk. Mm -hmm. But uh, I had not been to the new station. Come on now. Have y'all been to that new station? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It looks like a spaceship. Uh-huh. Come on, talk about Secondly, it. when you go in, it still looks like a spaceship. Yes. And I, I was telling him, man, I haven't seen this myself. And the museum was closed, but it was something yes. to see. Okay? Uh, now, what does this have to do with the church? Well, uh... <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I don't know what the connection was. I lost the point. Uh, but you got to pray for the church. That's nothing. Not only for our church, but for all churches. All right. I'm praying for a faith temple where uh, Pastor Moody's son has had to leave one. He's 60, but he got to do something he's never done preach in church without his daddy. He's never been without a daddy. Are y'all listening? Yes. Yeah. Pastor Hart took over his church. Took over Reverend George's church, my uncle. He had to pastor his father's church. A lot of people see him like they see him when he was a young boy. 
So churches always need prayer. And I, oh, I know what I was talking about. Yes, I was talking about changes. And how, you see all this stuff that's been built? And do you think it was good for us? Do you think these people who took this country from the Native Americans who now mock, teach their children to mock Native Americans, do you think they're doing anything for our folk? So you got to pray. Gentrification is a bigger enemy to us than crack and AIDS put together. Come on now, tell it. And trust me, they're not going to leave anything unhindered. Nope. And just because people come and stand here doesn't mean they are friends. So you got to pray for your church. Pray for this church. The church, our church has challenges. Just because we have a good service and jump in the hall, sometimes we praise God in spite of We got a lot of issues that we need to work on in this church. So the church needs your prayer. What do you pray for? Pray that the church accomplish its mission. This is on your sheet. Uh, pray that the church accomplish its mission. We have a mission. In spite of whatever goes on, we got to preach the gospel. We got to live the gospel. Listen, one year, we were so strong and in faith, we went outside ten times. That's right. One summer. Mm -hmm. The deacons was like, Pastor Taylor, we're going crazy. I was like, let's do it. Let's do it. We was outside every Sunday. We really couldn't even in here. We spent $20,000 in evangelism. In this church. But then we had a meeting and they said, well, Pastor, we should got to slow down. We don't have many people. We're not young. So we had to slow down. But if you don't pray, we're going to have to stop. We're going to have to stop. And we have the same problems in our community. Not as bad as some of the same things. It also says on that sheet, pray for individuals in the church. Friday night, Deacon Flowers had us discussing things. Then when I came in, the discussion intensified. And his brothers were talking about things they needed the men to pray for. And a lot was going on that we didn't know about each other. You look at the people, you don't know what's happening. Everybody coming here looking good. Well, kind of good. But you don't know what's going on. Somebody in here right now is broke. Somebody in here right now is sick. Somebody here right now got family issues. Somebody here right now is mad at God. Somebody might be here lost their faith. Now sometimes in church, God will put somebody on your mind. That's right. Yes. And God wants you not to talk about them, but to pray for them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So pray for individuals. And as an individual, I ask you always to pray for me. I knew that people were praying for me when I was in Chicago. Bishop Moody died because of the way God was working things out. God was moving in such a way I knew what nobody would thought. Everything that happened, God was moving. We had I may had to make some connections with Deacon Lines. We made a connection. Sister Goodman had to mail me some things. I got it in time. Everything that happened, God was moving. I knew somebody was praying. Yes. And I want to thank all you to pray for me because I needed it. Amen. And so pray for individuals that God put on your mind. You might be the difference between them and, and suicide. And don't you know it's a great suicide spirit going through the land? The little boy killed himself. Two other people um, were teasing him about his colossal bag. The other night, a fellow just shot five people, shot his parents. 
It's a spirit of murder and suicide in the land. We got to pray against these spirits. Last but not least, pray for the enemies of the church. Don't you know somebody's scheming and plotting right now how to get this land? That's right. That's up the most beautiful land in the whole city. And they're scheming and plotting how to get it. Now, we should pray for our enemies and defeat their schemes and plans. But we got to pray so we can be children of the Most High. Touch somebody and say, pray for our church. Pray for the church. Participate in ministry in the church. Let me just read this for a second now. Every Christian is a minister or servant of God. The word diakono in Greek means minister and it means servant. Touch your neighbor and say, hello, minister. Hello, Touch them on the other side say, hello, minister. Hello, if you know their last name, call them by their minister. Hello, minister Freehouse. Hello, minister Taylor. Come on, touch somebody. Tell them, hello, minister Thompson. You can leave y'all alone. Hello, minister Stevens. Hello, minister Brittany. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Minister Casilla. Hello, Minister Lucretia. Feel funny, doesn't it? Hello, Minister Flower. But according to God, the Hello, word minister and the word servant is the same thing. How many of y'all servants of God? Let me see your hand. Well, if you're a servant of God, you're a minister of God. Because you're supposed to minister to somebody else. That's right. When God gives you things, don't keep it to yourself. You'll lose it. When God gives you things, give it away. Give it to somebody else. Bless somebody else. The more people you bless, don't you know you're going to be blessed more? Touch your name and say, you can't be God-given. Every minister, every servant of God is a minister of God, and every Christian is a minister. B, every Christian has spiritual gifts to be used in ministry. Now, very quickly, let me say, cooking chicken ain't a spiritual gift. Uh-huh. Doing hair ain't a spiritual gift. Well, you know, when I do the hair, you know. That's, that's a natural gift. That's a natural gift. But there's natural gifts and spiritual gifts. The spiritual gifts are found in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4, and Romans 12. And so go to those things and read and ask the Lord to show you your spiritual gift. Your spiritual gift. And the Bible says everyone. It says to each. Everybody has a spiritual gift. Not the same one. A lot of times we focus on people in front of the church, the musicians or the preachers, but everybody in church has a spiritual gift. And you need to know your gift and you need to use your gift because God expects you to use your gift for me. God expects me to use my gifts for you. My gifts are not to gloat or to get the feeling of God coming through me. My gifts are to bless you. But I got to recognize, according to the Bible, first week, your gift is to bless me. So if you don't use your gift, I can't give my blessing. Look at your name and say, turn loose my blessing and use your gift. Uh-huh. Look at my other side. I said, turn loose my blessing and use your gift. We think of singers as gifted. And they are. We think of preachers as gifted. And they are. But all of us got some kind of gift. Some of us have trouble thinking that I'm gifted. Because nobody told you you were special. Nobody told you gifted. Let me work on it. Put your hand on yourself and say, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Look at somebody and tell them, hey, I have a gift from God. Hey, I have a gift from God. 
Give somebody something. I have a spiritual gift. I have a spiritual gift. And it's sometimes it's hard for us to get that. Because we really got a bad self-image. We really got low self-esteem. We really got a fear of complex. We've been called so many names. We've been rejected so many times. We've been put down. We've been lied to. We watch other people get the favorite position. We cannot think of us being the favorite. But when you receive the grace of God, it means you become God's favorite. Now, God is so great, you could be his favorite and I can too. But you got to receive that. And you got to believe that. You gotta, I hate church. If people knew they were gifted, they wouldn't be so mean in the church. If people knew they were gifted, we wouldn't fight so much in the church. Okay, oh, I talk for real now. If people were so gifted, we wouldn't have people over here that don't speak to people over here that don't speak to people over here in the church. Because the gift comes from God through the Holy Spirit. Can I go ahead and talk? You got to use your gift. The purpose of your gift is to show the glory of God. Let me go on. That's your duty to participate in this. Let me go on. Uh, financially support the church. The Bible says in Luke 6 that uh, give, press down, shaking together, and running over. That's how you should give. Uh, because the way you give is the way you're going to receive. A lot of us don't receive a lot because we're stingy. Stingy with our praise. Stingy with our compliments. We're stingy with our love and stingy with our money. But I can tell you one thing because one thing I learned, people deep spiritually are ready to give. I was telling Pastor Hart that his father one day gave me the keys to the church. And said, here, I was a teenager. We were the leaders of the youth ministry, me and Reverend Stiggs. He gave me the key. He didn't give me a sermon about how he don't, don't, don't have the girls or men or nothing. He trusted me. And his trust in me helped change me. I never wanted to let him down. Are you listening? And so some of us have to understand these principles of giving are not just for money, they're for your life. When your heart is right, your money will follow. Can I go ahead and tell what did I say? When your heart is right, the money will follow. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we're talking about money. Second Corinthians 9 says God will supply and multiply your resources to do his work. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, neighbor, the devil and God, the devil and God have mathematics. Have mathematics. So the devil subtracts and divides. The devil subtracts and divides. And God adds and multiplies. God adds and multiplies. Amen. God adds and multiplies. Put your hand together. about tithe, God says, prove me, test me. Mm -hmm. Test me. Now, how many people here have found out if you put God first, God will open up the door for you. Yes, he will. God will open up the windows of heaven <laughs> and pour out a blessing you won't have on the receive. A woman called me once and she said, Mark, how you doing? She's probably by my first name. Don't you try. She said, I <laughs> I said, I'm doing good. She said, do you remember 10 years ago you gave me $700? I said, was it a loan or a gift? She said, it was a loan. I said, did you pay me back? She said, no. I said, no, then I forgot about it. She said, I got your $700 now. 
It's like 15 years later. Amen. So what? I could use $700. I said, you got it? Bring it to me. She brought me that money. God made sure that I got what I thought I had lost. Because God had promised to make a way for me. If I put God first. Now, anybody know that God will make a way for you if you put him first? I want you to get this. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of Haggai, you don't have anything because God blew on it. You made money, but it went to a bag with holes. Because you didn't put God first. You put everything else first. You went to the show. Bought all kind of clothes that you like. You got cable in your house and won't put God first. God says, so, you know, I'm not going to bless anything you do. Finance. Do you put God first? So I want everybody to read these things and understand it's part of your duty to put God first. Last but not least, and I'm closing now. The duty is to follow the leadership. Hebrews 13 and 17 says, uh, obey them to have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Obedience refers to your actions. You gotta do the right thing. You gotta do the right thing no matter how you feel. And sometimes you'll understand it better by and by. Submission refers to your attitude. Now this is very important because a lot of our folk don't want to submit to anybody. One of the problems in our community is we got attitude problems. You know? Can I talk? find a little bit of, some black folk get a little bit of power, they go crazy. You know what I'm talking about? Some black folk serve you, don't know how to serve you. I was in McDonald's once and I ordered the fish and a woman threw the fish on the thing. Bam! <laughs> I just prayed for her. Okay. You don't know, girl, I'm paying your salary. But you don't know how to serve. Some of our folk don't know how to serve. A lot of our young people have trouble on the job because they don't want nobody telling them. They don't obey their parents, and they didn't learn to obey their teacher. Now they got a job, and they don't want to obey the boss. We got a brother here to help people get a construction job, and some of the construction people call him and say, "Hey, man, your guy don't come to work." Well, hey, your guy come to work. You want to work for three hours and then talk on the phone for two hours. And what is the problem? They have not learned obedience. And they have not learned submission. And they have not learned the power in submission. Because when you learn to obey your parents, obey your teachers, obey, listen, Reverend George was my leader. Whatever he told me to do, I was going to do. And when we got to the point where we had conflict and I felt that it couldn't be resolved, I left. Because I wasn't going to fight him. Because I knew that to fight the man of God would destroy you. Are you listening? And some people never learn to fight the authority will destroy you. And these are the kind of persons, when they become an authority, what kind of authority do you think they're going to become? They have kids, and they never learn how to be obedient and submit. What kind of father are they going to be? What kind of mother are they going to be? You know what You know what black people say? When you're a bad kid, what does God give you? <laughs> Look at B. There's a covenant and conscience. Leaders have an obligation to be holy. Followers have an obligation to follow. Same scripture where Paul tells them to follow the leadership. He says, we, we trust that our conscience is clear. 
Leaders shouldn't be doing everything. They should have a clear conscience. When the leaders have a clear conscience, the people have to follow. Because listen, we have to. If our children, a guy told me out in the street, he said, Reverend Tell, I like you, but I ain't coming in your church and being under you. We was talking. And I went out in the street one day, and this dope supervisor was meeting with him. He had a bat this big. He was beating him with the bat. And I said, okay, you don't want to be under me, you under the devil. And the devil beat you in the head with the bat. <laughs> you would have done better under me. All I'm going to do is yell at you first. Are y'all listening? We have to learn how to submit to God because it's our duty. We have to learn how to obey in the church. Listen, sometimes people ask you to do things in the church you don't understand. It's our duty. Because when you don't deal with the person that God has put over you, you have nothing to cover you. You have no authority. And you're open to more attacks and more weakness. And you wind up getting messed up. And it's your duty to follow the leadership. People come to this church. They don't want to follow anybody. We see them all the time. People, you see them, you know what I'm talking about. People come to this church, no one can tell them anything. They usually wind up in a bad place. I'm not saying I wish that. I'm talking about the laws of nature and the laws of God. And so one of the things you want to do is you want to learn how to submit. When a boss gets the memo to fire 10 people, they choose which 10. And the last ones they choose are the persons who are obedient and submissive. Many times, we don't want to obey anybody. We don't want to listen to anybody. I told somebody once, you don't want to listen to me, but you want my money and what I got to do. So when I give you money, I'm paying you not to listen. Many times, their whole life is messed up because they didn't get this simple lesson. It is our duty. Everybody got to follow somebody. Yes. Bishop Moody told me to do something. I did what he told me. Reverend John told me to do something. I did what he told me. My parents told me to do something. I did what he told me. There's people now who, if they would tell me something, I would do it. Because everyone has to be under someone. And when you're not, ruin and destruction can come your way. Touch three people and say, don't be like that. These are the dynamics of doing, of success. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I want you to be successful. Look at somebody else and say, good success. Look at them and say, great success in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That's it. This is the foundations of success. Hallelujah. This is the foundations of God making you. Now, some people are going to tell you the foundation of success is just talking, confessing. You should confess. But if you confess and your life doesn't back it up, it won't mean one thing. You can tell God what you want all day. But if you're not going to do what God said, God is not going to prosper. Things I've told you is like cobbler oil. That tastes good. It keep you well. Y'all listen to me. Things that I told you like eating vegetables. You look, you don't want to eat the vegetables. You want the dessert. Your mama said eat the vegetables. That keep you from having colon cancer. You didn't know that. That cleaned you out. So I want everybody to get this. So that not only that we might have success, but we might teach our children how to be successful. 
Because a lot of us gave our children everything and spoiled them. Right. Now, you want to get back in line? How do I get them back in line? You began to deal with the concept of duty. And you all know we got a lot of young people living think they don't have no duty to their mom. 45 years old, come on, mama, you got to hit it. And get mad. And look at what the devil is doing. These people killing their parents now. Yes. They say, man, one little boy's parents went by and somebody went got a gun and shot them. Why? You ain't teaching the foundations of success. I don't want us to be like that. I want us to be blessed. Gotta let people know as long as you go this way, you can't be blessed. You ain't gotta fight and yell and cuss. As long as you do this, be at peace. Because you can't control them, but tell them as long as you do this, God can't bless you. But if you do what God tells you to do, if you go the right way, I can look at my life, hallelujah, and see that God has blessed me. Anybody who have a witness, am I by myself? Shake somebody's hand and tell them God has blessed me. When I did my duty. <laughs> Look on the other side, tell somebody I did my duty and I got the blessings of God. Put your hand together and give God. Come on. The altar's open right now. Altar's open. You know that song, Is Your All on the Altar? You know that song? Yeah, if you don't know it, tell me I'll give you nothing. You don't know that. Um, The altar's open right now. You know, trust and obey. You gotta learn these old songs, brother. Right? You know, amazing, Greg? Altar's open right now. Maybe you heard this word and you have not been doing your duty. Don't go crazy. Just tell the Lord, Lord, forgive me. I'm gonna get back to the word. The altar's open right now. Maybe you know that you've not been putting God first and you're tired of altars open right now. I want to pray for somebody. Maybe you know that things are not as they should be. Great thing about God, God is a loving Father. He forgives and He says, Come. So we're going to say one course of amazing grace. Hallelujah. And if you want to do better this year, Maybe all last year you never told anybody about Jesus. People was talking about what they do and you go to church and you never said nothing. Hallelujah. You want to do better this year? Are we singing this song right now? We're going to believe God and give us good success when we do our duty.
every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you. Lord, if we have not done our duty as we should, forgive us. Let your blood wash us from sin. But help us, Lord, to build a strong spiritual life. Help us, Lord, to make preeminent in our prayers, prayers for our church and for the church universal. Oh, Father God, help us to participate in ministry, not just be content to be a spectator. Oh, God, we bind up feebleness and weakness. Yes. We use initiative and dedication and Holy Ghost fire. Please, Lord. Father God, help us to be constant in giving. Help us, Lord, to give as we want to receive. Help us to give now, pressed together, shaken, running over, so that people will give to us like that, Lord. Help us to realize that you supply, multiply, and add to what we have. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, teach us to have the faith to put you first. Help us, Lord, to be mighty not just in word and shouting, but in giving as well. And let the tithe be a pleasure to us. Because we know, Lord, you promised to open the window of heaven. For our blessing, we won't have room to receive. And Lord, we sing it right here. And so, God, we ask you right now, help us to follow those you have placed in authority over us, Lord. Help us to learn to be submissive, Lord, that we might go from strength to strength, from grace to grace, and from glory to glory. Lord, we don't want to stay where we are. We want to come closer to you. And we want to go higher in life. So, Lord, I pray right now that somebody will receive the word and have good success. Lord, if there's somebody here that doesn't know the beginning of success, help them to know the beginning is when they meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Help them to know the beginning is when they ask Christ to come in and be forgiven of their sins and given your spirit and live a new life. This great God is our prayer. We pray in the name of every name, the mighty master's name of the Lord Jesus. God's people said, Amen. Put your hand together, give God a hand. Believe Jesus to save you. Stay in the altar. Everybody else, come on, let's give God a real good one. Go take your seat.